0: Why would a medical student be attracted to dermatology? How does one break into this competitive community to gain knowledge and experience? What was the most surprising thing about a medical school journey? And finally, do medical students experience senioritis? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Noel, a fourth-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. All right, well, we've got another great guest today, uh, Noel, current fourth-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hey, Noel. Hi,
1: nice to be
0: here. Um, so yeah, we were just chatting before we got started about dermatology. Let's talk about it. So how would you end up choosing this field? What attracted you to derm?
1: I think I'd always been a little bit interested in dermatology. I'd had a lot of people suggest it to me right out of the gate when I started medical school. They'd say, oh, you know, it's a great field. Dermatology. you got to check that out. Um, so I did some volunteer work throughout my first couple years. Uh, they have a lot of outreach events in the dermatology department where you can go and volunteer and do skin cancer screenings in the community. Mm-hmm. So I liked that, and I liked the people I'd worked with. And then I just signed up for an elective. We had a little free time during our third year. So I did a two-week clinical elective and just loved it. Fell in love with the people I worked with. Um, there's a lot of things to like about Durham. You can practice in a lot of different ways. You see all different ages of patients all day long. You can see little kiddos with eczema. You can see teenagers with acne, skin checks on veterans. Like you can do anything really. Mm -hmm. You can do inpatient consults and work with a lot of other departments. You can do surgery. You you can do anything you want. Um, and that variety was really appealing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so then after that elective, I decided I wanted to pursue it more and ended up doing actually a research fellowship year. in oh, rheumatology. Cool. Also.
0: What was your research focused on? Uh,
1: so I went to UT Southwestern in Dallas where they have two faculty members who have big research registries of patients with pretty rare, uh, connective tissue disease or rheumatic skin disease. Mm-hmm. So we just gathered a lot of longitudinal data on these patients. I got to collect samples from them, do surveys with them and actually see the patients in clinic every day. And then we generated research questions based on the data that we had. So things like quality of life and disease course and things Mm -hmm. like that.
0: Um, People ask me about these type of research uh, positions all the time. Now, how did you get this position? I mean, is there like a database you go to or is just networking or how did you find out about this?
1: It can happen in a lot of different ways. Um, I was a little bit lucky. So I – because i had been interested in dermatology since my first or second year, I was a member of our interest group here uh, in the School of Medicine. And so I went to their sort of – their lectures they had every few months and then – they directed me to sign up for a national dermatology interest group website. Um, so periodically I'd be checking that website for sort of adv- advice about getting into dermatology residencies, things to think about, and they have a section on that website that's postings for fellowships. Um, most of them were only open to, to residents, people are, who already had an internship completed, but there are a couple posted for medical students every year. Um, so I ended up just emailing them, sending them my resume, doing a phone interview, and it was it was a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um Talked to my mentors here, uh, and that really helped sort of set up the connection.
0: Now, did they have uh, money to pay you, or is this all on your own dime?
1: So there were both types of fellowships posted, and I think that's an important thing to think about. I interviewed at one fellowship that would not have been paid, and so I would have had to – do that on my own dime. This one actually had a stipend associated with it okay, uh, because both of the professors had grant money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how did Phil go me. from
0: Salt Lake City to, to Dallas? Pretty big jump?
1: It was a pretty big jump. Better barbecue? Yeah. yeah. Much better barbecue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, bigger city. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dallas isn't much to look at compared to Salt Lake City. You have know, the <laughs> gorgeous mountains everywhere. but uh, This is true. But it's fun. You know, yeah. you got some cowboys and... Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cowboys. So, yeah. It, it the was the Cowboys and the and Cowboys. the Cowboys. I, I liked exactly. how you said that. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, and it was sort of reassuring because, you know, who knows where, where I'll end up for residency. But mm-hmm. I moved to Dallas sight unseen and it ended up finding things I really liked about it. So it's it cool. sort of reassures you that, you know, you can end up anywhere mm-hmm. if, and find things you like. Now,
0: it's no secret, Noelle, that uh, dermatology is one of the more competitive residencies. Very true. Um, you know, what advice would you give a medical student Uh, You know, let's pretend they're beginning their journey. They're about to start medical school. I mean, you kind of talked about your path a little bit, but what advice would you give to someone who's interested in dermatology?
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely an intimidating route. You hear a lot of things that will scare you in terms of just the numbers of people who want to do uh, dermatology and the scores you have to have and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, I really think some of that's true. You you have to be realistic about things. And obviously, you want to do your best throughout medical school to... Do as well as you can in, in your classes and le- learn enough that you're going to do well on step and not really close any doors to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's the first step. And then the, the most important thing, I think, is to use the resources you have. Um, because dermatology is a small community, a small specialty, um, and it sort of exists in its own little world. The match works a little bit differently in Durham. Expectations are a little different. You really need to use the resources of your dermatology department and t- talk to people and identify mentors early on. Um, I think that's how I got where I am is because of my mentors. They helped set me up with this fellowship. They helped write me great letters. They know people at other institutions. It's going to help me get interviews, things like that. Um, so really reach out early, even if you're not sure if you're just Mm -hmm. interested and you want to spend some days in clinic or you're thinking about a research project, um, just talk to people early on and they're very willing to help you out because it is a small community and they want people to be excited about it.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like um, – and they probably recommended this uh, this fellowship year. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of where that came from? Yeah. So
1: they didn't recommend it originally. I never planned on doing a fellowship, but I had some interests within medicine. Um, I was always interested in autoimmune disease and when I found this fellowship, it was a perfect fit. So I ended up going back to my mentors and say saying, what do you think about this? Is it worth taking time off? Mm-hmm. Do you think this would help me in the long run? And everyone seemed to feel very strongly that it would not only help my chances of getting into residency, but help my career in the long run. I feel better prepared for residency now. I have mm-hmm. sort of articulated interests within dermatology, and, and that's gotten me a long way.
0: That's cool. Well, I'm yeah. excited for you. It sounds like it's going really well. I mean, the match hasn't happened yet. It's not very yet. soon. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you've had numerous interviews, and that's always a really good sign.
1: Yeah, it is a good sign. I mean, I think the med school does a good job of providing resources and directing you towards the NRMP, where they chart the outcomes, mm-hmm. and you can see... Um, sort of how the number of programs you interview at correlates with your chances of success. And, you know, in Durham, obviously you want to interview at as many places as possible, but... um But yeah, it's been it's been reassuring and and it's been fun actually Mm -hmm. too. I've started to see the same people along the interview trail, and they're going to be my future you know potentially co residents, but also just my colleagues in the community at large. We'll see each other at meetings. Mm -hmm. I have plans to meet up with a couple of them at a meeting Mm -hmm. next month. Oh,
0: cool. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a bunch of quasi derm questions. All right. Okay. So you're driving down the highway and you're you know you get off and you're you know you're passing a strip mall. In that strip mall, you see a tanning salon. <laughs> does your pulse go up? Does your blood pressure kind of rise? H- how do you feel?
1: Yeah, it actually does. Okay. It's actually Let's sort talk of a about trigger that. for like, me.
0: Why is, that tr- why is that always a trigger for dermatologists?
1: Well, because it's just such a needless, excessive way of increasing your risk of skin cancer. Mm-hmm. We already all have such a high risk of skin cancer, especially in Utah. We have mm-hmm. really high rates. Um, and these are young, young people who are increasing their risk re- really early on in life. For really no good reason. We're mm-hmm. all going to get exposure to the sun anyway, whether we can help it or not. We're at a high altitude. We have a lot of fair-skinned people here. And it's just it's just needless, and I feel like the information isn't really out there. People oh, sure. think, if I tan, but I don't get burned, it's really not making a difference. The process that's going on in your cells and your DNA is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just – I feel very strongly, and I've actually worked on some legislation to sort of um, – increase the need for parental consent for kids to go tanning and things like that. What's the,
0: what's the age of consent? Is there an age of consent now? I don't know anything about this. So there's
1: not right now, but there's legislator legislation right now that's going through that people are trying to pass Mm -hmm. say, if you're under 16, you have to have parental consent to go Mm -hmm. tanning. Um, because it really is, it's frankly dangerous. And there, there are certain things we really know in medicine that increase your risk of certain diseases. There's a lot of diseases we we don't know a lot about, but the Mm -hmm. things we do know about, I feel strongly that Mm. the public at large should know and they should really understand. So,
0: so is what about spray on tanning? Is that equally dangerous or is that known as dangerous?
1: No, not that we know of. I mean, it's sort of the same issue as because I
0: have some peers out there. You know who you are, (laughs) who, uh, who like to use the spray on tan and they assure me that's safer. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, is the science really spoken? No,
1: absolutely. Because it doesn't have any of the UV, which is really Uh, what's causing your risk of skin cancer. Um, you know, and a lot of people have qualms about sunscreen itself because they think, oh, chemicals must be bad for your skin, and that's going to increase my risk of skin cancer. We have no evidence to suggest that whatsoever. And, you know, none of us in der- dermatology want to say, like, don't go outside. The mm-hmm. sun is bad. We want people to go outside. That's why we live in Utah. We like to be outdoors. But um it's just to be safe about it and – you know, if you really feel better about yourself with a tan, go for the spray on.
0: Yep. Okay. All right. Good tip. Yeah. All right. Uh, another phrase I've heard in dermatology. Don't mm-hmm. you love this? I am just completely blindsiding you with this. All right. <laughs> All right. So again, you often hear these phrases when I'm talking about dermatologist. When in doubt, punch it out. Yeah. Without a punch, it's just a hunch. And punch being a punch biopsy. Yes. Is that accurate? Is that a gross mischaracterization? What would you say?
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't say as dermatologists we're out there biopsying every single thing we see. I think the sentiment behind that rule is for pigmented lesions. If you really have a Mm. high suspicion or really any suspicion that something might be a melanoma or an early melanoma, the idea is just punch it out. Punch it out. It's a small procedure. People are going to heal with very small scars. Um, and, and the reason for the punch rather than just kind of shaving the top off is cause for a melanoma, you need to see how deep it goes. Okay. That's really the prognostic factor. And so it's just to be safe.
0: Okay, good, yeah. good. All right. Excellent. Um, moving on, let's talk about medical school. What? So, um, you know, like as you look back, Noel, the past three and a half, four, you know, five years, cause with your fellowship kind of thrown in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's been the biggest surprise of your medical school career? You know, when you came in, you thought one thing, but it turned out another. Like, what would you say that, that's been?
1: Um, I mean, I think the biggest surprise about medical school itself for me, and, you know, it shouldn't have been a surprise because mm-hmm. people warn you, but you don't ever really understand until you get there. Medicine is really a way of life, I think. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to go to medical school while I do other things. I, I think medical school is very consuming. and Being a physician became part of my identity, and that's how other people in my life see me now and will continue to see me. I already have family who ask me medical questions all the time, and these Mm -hmm. are people who are like aunts, uncles, people I thought of as sort of my elders and superiors who now think I have a special sort of wisdom, um, which is incredible and uh, really exciting, but also a lot of responsibility. So. I think it really changes you more than you think it's going to change you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was surprising for me. And then I surprised myself by picking dermatology. Actually, I didn't mm-hmm. go into medical school thinking that this is what I would do. What do you
0: think you're going to do? Uh,
1: my background's in psychology and philosophy, so mm-hmm. I thought I'd probably end up in psychiatry.
0: It's also a good field. Also a great field. Yeah. I was
1: tempted. I loved mm-hmm. my psychiatry rotations, and I loved the people I worked with there. But I just had to think about what do you want to do mm-hmm. on a day to day basis? What do you want your pa- patient encounters to look like, and your life to look like? And mm-hmm. Um, you know, people people told me about Durham at the beginning of my medical school career, and I went, ew, skin, gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I love it. I could talk about skin all day long. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what we're doing a little so, bit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You're just giving me the opportunity. So yeah. um, you'll surprise yourself. You mm-hmm. know, you'll you'll change a lot over the course of medical school.
0: Is there anything you would go back and change if you had to redo it? If you went back three, four years ago and talked to Noel a few years ago? Yeah. Before you started medical school, what would you say?
1: You know, I really don't think so. I, I took sort of a non-traditional path to medical school. I didn't always know I wanted to be a physician. And so I took a lot of time after college and I, I pursued some other things. But I think that really helped me in terms mm-hmm. of sort of articulating what I really wanted to do. And it's given me some unique background that's been been fun. I still talk mm-hmm. about it on the interview trail. Mm-hmm. People ask me about my degree in philosophy and what philosophers I like. And um, I think it's shaped the sort of physician I'm going to be. And, and that's what's fun is that people you work with have all sorts of different backgrounds and perspectives and Mm -hmm. so um i think it's important to really take the time to figure out what you're passionate about and what you're really interested about and what you really want to do and be honest with yourself about that and it's okay if it takes a little bit longer Mm -hmm. i mean i think on average the age of people starting medical school is getting is getting older yeah Yeah.
0: increasing nationwide i mean that's a great point noelle Uh, you know like nationwide it's about 24 years old Mm -hmm. and our medical school we've always been above the national average there's a lot of Socioeconomic, cultural reasons for that. But our average age is closer to 25, 25 and a half. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. And yeah. so that's for someone that's starting medical school. So. And that's creeping up more and more. More and more people are going out, gap year, gap mm-hmm. years, kind of figuring out what they want to be. And then they kind of come back to medical yeah. school. So,
1: I think life experience is really important. And I think it's fine for some people to have gone straight from college and straight into medical school. No problem with that at all. For me, I think I would have been pretty intimidated at that point of going into patient rooms straight out of college. I would have felt really young. I wouldn't have felt like I had a lot of maturity and perspective, and that was my personal path. And so um, I felt a lot better having a little bit of life experience under my belt. And, and having seen what the medical profession looked like through shadowing and mm-hmm. through other sort of work opportunities, I knew what I was getting into a little bit better, I yeah. think.
0: What kind of jobs did you have before medical school? What kind of oh. – What kind of, where were you working?
1: Yeah. So I did some very different things before medical school. Um, I got a master's degree in psychology. So for a while, I was working in school and doing research. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually worked for the Sundance Institute for the film festival for cool. a couple years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: boy. This opens up a whole new line of questions. <laughs> I All know, right. okay. I know. What did you do for the Sundance Institute?
1: So I worked for the volunteer department. A mm. lot of people aren't aware that the people who actually run the festival every year are about 1,600 volunteers. Mm-hmm. And so we find them, place them, train them and keep track of them during the festival and make sure they're doing their jobs well and have everything they need, supply benefits to them so that they can go see movies mm-hmm. and have their fun swag and things like that. So crazy job, crazy job, but really, really fun. I still volunteer for the Because the film
0: festival just ended a little bit of a while ago. Just okay. ended, All right. yep. So that's kind of like your guys' Super Bowl, exactly. right? That like everything in the year leads up to this. Ramps
1: up to that. Two
0: weeks? It's two weeks long? It's two weeks long. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So how long did you do that for?
1: Two years, and then I've been volunteering for them ever since. Okay. So, oh yeah,
0: that's right. Okay, yeah. So um, let's talk about. It. Let's dig deeper a little bit. That's All right. Um, I want to hear a story. Sundance Film Festival story <laughs> involving movie stars. <laughs> <laughs> How many movie stars have you met?
1: Oh, I've met a lot of movie stars. Actually, the people I meet most often are musicians because I work in a music venue at the festival. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've met some actors, too. So I met Jack White of the White Stripes a couple different times Mm -hmm. at Sundance. He had a movie there. Is he a nice Um, guy in person? He's a lovely man. Good to know. Really a gentleman. Very much a southern gentleman. He had a movie there a couple years ago called It Might Get Loud that featured basically famous guitarist and their love of guitar, which is an amazing movie if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we met him while we were sort of ushering him on, to st- on stage for the Q&A, and then I met him again when he was doing a performance this year. He's lovely. Um, I had a friend I worked with who was deeply and utterly in love with Elijah Wood mm. from a very young age. <gasps> yeah,
0: F- Frodo. 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 Exactly. Okay. I'm
1: not sure exactly what's appealing about the Frodo character, but she she has a deep love it's for him. It's the
0: hairy feet that the hobbit have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So did you get to meet Elijah Wood? I did, okay. Yeah,
1: I did. So we How have our, tall is he? He's short. So He's not as short as a hobbit. Not as short as a hobbit. I'm not, sure like, not going to go there. They're I'm exaggerating go there. Just, that. Okay. But, all right. but he's short. He's okay. a little he's a little gentleman, but he also was very much a gentleman. I've been very pleased and I met Harry Potter a couple years ago.
0: Like uh, Daniel Radcliffe. What? Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, he what? wasn't dressed
1: up like Harry Potter okay. or anything like that, but
0: English accent. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Everyone's been very gracious, actually, mm-hmm. that I've met. Very mm-hmm. lovely, down to earth
0: people. That, so. That's fantastic. So yeah. now that you're doing dermatology, have you started slipping people your business card? Because, <laughs> like, you know, the, you know, everyone has skin problems, right? So, you know, but...
1: frankly, you don't have to in dermatology. That's part of what's fun about it. Mm-hmm. The minute people hear you're going into dermatology, like on the plane on the interview trail, they're like, "Oh, hey, do you want to look at this?" People you've barely met are, like, lifting up the side of their shirt. Like, look at this thing on my Mm. side. Look at my back. You know, your friends are expecting full skin exams all the time. And you don't have to give people your card. You have a built-in list of patients Mm -hmm. already ready to go.
0: So I'm not going to let the Sundance Institute out. A couple more questions. So Robert Redford. Uh Uh-huh. Would he recognize you? Oh, hey, Noel. Thanks (laughs) thanks for volunteering again.
1: No. Okay. He's got too many people to keep track of. But he does come – and hang out with all the staff who run the festival for a couple days at the end of the festival every year. Okay. He's, he's a great man. I think he has really good priorities. he created a, very a I mean, Yeah, that, he that, did. He created the baby. whole institute. Yeah. yeah in uh, 1984 was the first festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't realize the fe- festival is just part of a larger institute. So all year long they have programs going on. Um, filmmaker labs you know screenplay writing labs things like that and they sponsor all of these projects and a lot of them end up in the festival and some really exciting art comes out of it so it's mm-hmm. a great institute it's a cool part of living in utah
0: yeah yeah well, I'm, I'm glad and it sounds like yeah you still go up and see how many films do you see now i mean
1: so i usually you schedule permitting i guess yeah, yeah i usually prior to the starting medical school i would see probably eight or nine a wow. year mm-hmm. um this year i only saw a couple because mm-hmm. i had you know, shifts at the hospital and, and volunteer shifts at Sundance. So it's kind of a balance, but I managed to do both still.
0: Mm-hmm. So That's good. So any, uh, you know, for our listeners out there, any good films that you saw on the horizon that you would recommend? I assume most of them get picked up yeah, uh, by national distributors. Yeah.
1: A lot of them get picked up. A lot of the films that premiere there are already picked up because they're sponsored by studios. The ones in competition haven't been picked up yet. And a lot of them did get picked up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that was really the buzz was called Birth of a Nation. Okay. Uh, and it was basically about slave uprisings so mm-hmm. it's sort of historical fiction um so that's going to be really good that'll be coming out uh, so I saw, you saw did you
0: see that one or? i didn't see okay. it yet but right. i plan to all right um because like uh, let's talk about a movie you did see yeah Whoa.
1: i saw a really good documentary called trapped
0: trapped all right mm-hmm. spoilers ahead
1: yeah exactly like, turn off the
0: podcast exactly. now let's talk about trapped
1: so this is based on actual events so i'm not really spoiling too much but Um, T.R.A.P. is an abbreviation that stands for Targeted Regulation of Abortion Providers. And so um, this is sort of a medically relevant documentary, which I tend to seek out. Mm -hmm. The last couple years I saw, you know, How to Die in Oregon and these other sort of medical documentaries. Um, But this one's about these legislations that a lot of states have started passing that basically uh, restrict clinics that offer uh, abortion services and the impact that's having. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was really well researched. And it was cool because usually – Filmmakers bring sort of their, their celebrity stars who are in the film to be mm-hmm. in the Q&A after the screenings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this filmmaker brought actually the uh, the clinic owners and some of the physicians cool. that were featured in the film. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting. So there discussion. was a question-answer
0: period at the end. Yeah, yeah,
1: there always is right after. So you can ask the stars and the filmmakers mm-hmm. questions. And, and this film's going to be coming back to Utah. They're sort of taking it on tour throughout the next few months. So it will mm-hmm. be back in, I think, March. So you'll have – opportunities to yep. see it but. this year's
0: election year yep. abortion Planned Parenthood exactly. all that stuff we got a in big the news. Supreme
1: yeah. Court case coming up for mm-hmm. these issues in June so it's good to sort of hear all the information I think regardless mm-hmm. of what your feelings are so
0: mm-hmm. no, I think I think I think there is a perspective um, there's two sides to every story yeah um, and I think what needs to happen more, just, this is just my opinion. There needs to be more of a dialogue and an understanding.
1: I agree. And,
0: yeah. uh, yeah, I, I'm really grateful for documentaries, any type of medium to help get that message out, to exactly. get that
1: perspective out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Did you see any other films?
1: I can't remember anything else I saw this year. I saw some shorts, Mm -hmm. um, but I won't be able to tell you titles because they group them all together in one viewing. Mm -hmm. And then I saw some in the midnight screening section that I probably shouldn't talk about right now because those are usually really gory horror type.
0: Is that (laughs) kind of how you roll?
1: (laughs) It's fun. It's a fun thing to do like after you get off a shift of work and then Mm -hmm. you go see a midnight screening of some really sort of hilarious, gory.
0: Are you into kind of scary thriller movies like that?
1: Yeah. I'm into the ones that sort of do it and then like poke fun at themselves too. All right,
0: I'm having such a ball, Noel. Last yeah. few minutes, let's talk about this. Okay, scariest movie you've ever seen? I've got mine. We can talk about yours. Do you want me to talk about mine first?
1: Let's talk about yours. The Ring. Oh, The Ring is terrifying. Yeah.
0: So that girl? again, spoilers. Oh. Like you know, this film's like at least ten years old. Yes. So that whole thing where they watch the video, oh. and if you don't like, and then if you watch the videotape, whoever watches it dies within seven I days. No. That, that's that, that's the ring, right? Yeah. That's so, the ring. Yeah. yeah. And then it has that little girl with the long hair yes, over her face, like climbs like, out of the well, ugh. and at the very end, she climbs out of the TV. I remember I just lost it. Ugh. So incredibly scary, a very hard movie for me to make it through. All right. Awful. So that's my sca- – what's your scariest movie?
1: You know, I am sort of more scared by psychologically dark things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a movie that just came out this year, I think, called Mommy Dearest. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it.
0: I, is it – Austrian German. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It's Let's foreign. talk about this. It's aw- it's did you awful. see
1: it? Yeah. I read the synopsis online. <laughs> I, did. I am not I brave enough it. to watch this. I regret in the theater. that I saw it. One okay. of my friends didn't see it. They what? were like, "It's so good." What's
0: the plot? What's the twist? There's always a twist in these now.
1: Basically, yeah. some really warped, terrifying children who hmm. basically pull their mom's eyes out. Okay. It's awful.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's this, what would better, down to. this would been better. This would been better if you're going in ophthalmology because exactly. then we can talk about that. Exactly. The, the official medical word is enucleation. Uh-huh. Just for, that's a little teaching point mm-hmm. out there. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that sounds really. You, it's really. You, it's really dark. Yeah, so you would not yeah. recommend that. I, your it's facial, good. your it's facial good, expression is dark. do not see this. I film, mean, the right. movies
1: that give me nightmares are like that movie or like Pi, If any of you guys have seen Pi.
0: is that the one with the drill in the head? The guy, yeah, exactly. Okay. he's obsessed oh.
1: with the number, right. and so he has to drill. So, oh, yeah, dark. To my
0: listeners out there, we've gone like sort of dark the very.
1: This is not what you signed up for.
0: <laughs> so let's bring it back. All right. Yeah. Well, Noah I I am very excited for you. The future is bright. Thank you. Um, you're going to be a fantastic dermatologist one day. I hope you'll help me with my moles and I would my. Be happy Skin lesions. Happy to. But yeah. And so a three or four year program.
1: It's a four year program. Well, so total it's four years. So I apply for internships separately. So I'll do a year internship in medicine. Um, I could have done pediatrics. I thought about doing pediatrics for a year, but I'm going to do medicine, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then three years of a dermatology program. Okay.
0: So four years total. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's very doable. That's yeah,
1: not bad. It's yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Bend is in sight.
0: Yeah. The, you feel the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is kind of fake. Oh, fade, the light is there. Hit in your face just a little bit. The light is there. I'm okay. so
1: excited. I'm getting senioritis, which I didn't know was a thing <gasps> still.
0: Let's talk about that. Last topic. Mm-hmm. What is senioritis for a fourth-year medical student?
1: Oh, for a fourth-year medical student, it's once you've gone through this whole process of applying to residencies and going in all these interviews and you're exhausted and then you get back and you're just waiting for match day and in the meantime you still have graduation requirements to fulfill so yes. right now have, I'm on you
0: still have rotations yes, to do yeah i'm on an
1: icu rotation right now which is long hours and mm-hmm. tiring really interesting i'm glad i'm doing it now before i'm an intern but but it's hard mm-hmm. you know to motivate yourself to be there at 6 every morning after you're like shouldn't i be done i already did my residency applications but you're not <laughs>
0: It's You're at the end. You're yep. barely in. Okay. Yeah. Well, Noelle, I congratulate you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. And uh, good luck to you on the match. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.